The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. State loses game one of the season as Texas rolls into Stillwater and shocks the Big 12. Kansas State also drops game number one in the Big 12 Conference, 37-10, up there in Morgantown. And Oklahoma is continuing to impress people around the league after a 62-28 win down there in Lubbock. Welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. This is your home for all things Big 12. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I appreciate that very much. You can stay up to date with everything going on around the league, the latest highlights, updates, predictions. It's all there on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. Once again, though, we've got five games to digest from this past weekend of, uh, of Big 12 football. So there should be a lot on our plate. Um, and, and without any further ado, let's just get right into the games here. Um, we've got Texas, of course, like I said, stunning Oklahoma State down there in Stillwater, 41-34. to um, An overtime classic, uh, so to speak, down there. A good game. Mike Gundy's squad got to be disappointed. A lot of points left off the scoreboard in that game. But Texas does get it done. K-State, of course, as well. Loses game number one on the season, 37-10 against West Virginia. It was ugly for K-State. There's no other way, I mean, really to describe it for the Wildcats. Um, they were pretty much, you know, this game was pre- pretty much over before it started. Um, Iowa State, of course, beating up on Kansas by 30 points, 52-22 to the final over in Lawrence. Oklahoma, like I said, 62-28 to over Texas Tech. And TCU wins by 10 points over Baylor down there in Waco, 33-23, to even though that final score... Um, same kind of story that happened last weekend with Baylor. The final score doesn't really tell the story. Baylor was pretty much out of this game from the get-go. But we'll go ahead and kick it off here with Texas and Oklahoma State. This was the game of the week in the Big 12. Um, only, I think it was a three- or four-point spread for Oklahoma State. Um, you know, Vegas got this one right somehow, some way. Um, but if you watch this game, it was it was crazy. Uh, Texas, I mean, Texas is not a good football team. Um, I would be very uncomfortable betting on them moving forward. Um, They didn't deserve to win this game. They did not deserve to win this game. Okay, Texas did not win this game. Oklahoma State is the team that lost this game. That's the story from the game. You've got five turnovers for Oklahoma State, zero for Texas. And I mean, sure, you can give Texas some credit for not being stupid with the football. I mean, you've got to give them, you know, respect for making the necessary plays to win the game. They set themselves up themselves up for victory and they they pulled it out of their hats somehow so I give them credit I, I mean I do I can't say that they didn't win the game because they did but you, like I said five to zero in the turnover margin um, you got to think if just one of those you know one of those five turnovers doesn't happen then Oklahoma State's probably going to go out and win this game if two or three of them are wiped off the board 
it's an it's an easy, comfortable win for for Mike Gundy and his Cowboys. Um, you know, some of them were you know just a bad throw by Sanders, a miscue on a snap and a fumble, a big hit by the defense, and you know give Osai credit for you know Texas. He had some big plays on the defense side of the football, but you know overall this this game if they play. Ten times, I, I I like to say this a lot. You know, if they play ten times, Texas has a chance to win one time out of ten. You know, if, if they play ten times, Oklahoma State's going to win it nine times out of ten. This was che- Texas's one chance to win the game, um, and they won the game. They, I give them credit. You know, usually when a game like like this kind of happens, it, it it always seems like Texas would would choke it away and lose. Um, but I, I also got noted down here it was five zero in the turnover margin. It really should have been six zero. Um, if, if you go back in the fourth quarter, if you, if you watch this game, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm not being crazy. I'm not spitting out, you know, just some random. You know, this. If you watch this game, you know that that Texas should not have won this game at all. It should have been close. Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big Twelve. We'll get to the rankings and, and all that later on in the show, as well as um, so, some previews of, of next week's games as well. But Texas is not good. Oklahoma State's the best team in the league. Okay, uh, talking about the in the fourth quarter. Um, Texas is about to punt the football. I believe there was maybe five, six minutes left in the game. They're down by, I think, five or six points as well. So, I mean, it was fourth and 20. You know, if you're Tom Herman, you I mean, you can't go for it. If you're probably within 10 yards, you might be looking at four down territory. But with, um, you know, they just couldn't go for it with the yardage to go. But um, on the punt, there was, of course, a roughing the kicker, not running into, but a roughing the kicker penalty. I believe that's a 15-yard penalty. So even if it wasn't an automatic, I guess I should say, if it was not an automatic first down, Texas would have not have even gotten the first down. It would have been still been, I think, fourth and five. So they get the automatic first down, and then I believe then this set of downs or the next set of downs, they go for it on fourth down. They convert, and then I believe on the touchdown later in that drive, it was also, also fourth down. And they converted for a touchdown as well. So, I mean, that that drive for Texas was kind of just a microcosm of the game. Oklahoma State had a great stop on defense. I mean, the, the Oklahoma State defense deserves a lot of credit in this game. They gave up 41 points, including an overtime, which is not the best, you know, stat there. But they held the Longhorns to 287 yards total yards. They hold them to 287 total yards. So that's a very good number versus 530 for the Texas defense. So, you, I mean, you that's just. It's crazy how polar opposite those numbers are, but uh, you have Texas winning the game. But back to the Oklahoma State defense here, man. You know they deserve a lot of credit because of like I talked about. Essentially, the six to zero turnover margin to even make this a game was very impressive. Um, and, and revolving back to that main point about this drive here, the defense got a stop. They finally were like, okay, we, <laughs> we're going to get off the field. Give Spencer Sanders the football. Hopefully, he can he can lead us to a score. And then of course the, the penalty on the punt gives Texas the ball right back, and that was kind of the moment where you're like, wow, this actually might happen for Texas. They pulled something out of their rear end. Um, Like I mentioned here, Texas is not good. Oklahoma State's the best team in the Big 12. This game right here from Saturday does not change my mind at all. If on Saturday, we'll get into the preview later on in the show, against Kansas State, if they continue to turn the ball over, if they continue to make these dumb mistakes, you know, disciplinary, all that stuff, if they continue to do that, then I'm going to be a little... A little shaky on the Cowboys moving forward, but for now, it's an easy, you know, this is the best team. I don't think you can can question it as of right now in the Big 12. You know, I mean, you've got, the, you know, the, the two fourth down conversions on the last drive, the 6 to nothing turnover margin, you know, 530 total yards for Oklahoma State, only 287. I mean, how do you score 
41 points with 287 yards. <laughs> I mean, Texas's defense didn't even do that good of a job. They just got lucky turnovers. Okay, they forced a few, but for the most part, it was just handed to them on a silver platter. So this was a fast-paced game. I'm surprised it was 41-34. You know, teams were hiking the ball with, you know, 30 seconds left on the play clock. So if you if you pick the under uh, and this one, tough luck for you. You know, it just didn't work out. So overall, though, you know, Texas, I, I hate to—I mean, they won the game, but— um, that's pretty much all I've got noted down for this game. There were some questionable calls. If you watched this game, man, I, I know I, I keep saying if you watched it. If you if you watched this game on TV, man, and I hope you were because the, other, the only other game was TCU and Baylor at this time, which was not that fun of a game. But, you know, it was just ridiculous. You've got pass interference calls. You know, you've got the on the final possession of overtime, Spencer Sanders, I believe, should have been called targeting, should have been called unnecessary roughness. There was a hit on him as he was sliding. You know, there was just everything going on. And I was talking to my friend, my roommate earlier today, actually, before I was recording, uh, we were talking about this game, and he was like, yeah, I can't believe they missed that P.I. call. And I was literally just like, which one? Because there were so many. Um, Texas didn't deserve to win this game. They really didn't. The refs, I, okay, even if the refs, you know, weren't necessarily involved, I, man, it's Oklahoma State, like I said, 6-0 to the turnovers, man. It's just not, Texas doesn't deserve to win this game. They really don't. Tom Herman got outcoached in this game by Mike Gundy. Um, you know, the last thing that I've got here, Spencer Sanders was sacked to end the game. It was a fourth down play um, in the second half of overtime. So you've literally got nothing to lose here if you're Spencer Sanders. You need seven points. Um, and what does he do? He, you know, Texas brings an all-out blitz on him. I believe they, you know, it was like the engage eight play on Madden. You know, they were bringing the house on Sanders. And he just goes out and rolls out to his, his left and takes a sack and the game is over. Um, I'm sorry, Spencer Sanders. I know you're young and you've got you know some rust from missing some games this season. I get all of that, but you can't take a sack in that situation. That is the, I mean, pretty much the one situation where you do not take the sack. You f- you throw the ball away. If it is if it's an interception, then that's it. You lost the game. But it, you at least gave your team a chance. You know, maybe the ball gets batted in the air and, and you know crazy catch and you've got a touchdown. You know, you just can't take a sack in that situation. That's the one time. Where you do not take the sack, um, you always just you 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 chuck it. You're playing 500 in your backyard, you know, 500 alive. You chuck it to the end zone. You try to make you know, Tylen Wallace. You've got probably the best wideout in the league. He was co-offensive player of the week last week. Let him go up and make a play, man. I mean, you know, Wallace, 187 yards, two touchdowns on on 11 receptions. So he proved. I mean, he's proved it for years now. But he proved on Saturday that he was back. And you got to let someone make a play. You can't take a sack to end the game like that. I know they had pressure, but still, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, I would be pretty pretty angry about that. But if you're Mike Gundy, you use this as a learning experience. Say, hey, this is obviously, I'm sure you know Sanders, right when he went to the ground, he knew that he messed up. But there's a lot of learning experiences um, you know, from this game for Oklahoma State. I'm not concerned about them moving forward. As for Texas, man, definitely 100% concerned. This is not a good football team. Um, it is just... A joke that this team is ranked now, which is it's it's laughable, quite honestly. And in case State drops out of the polls, so, I mean, what are these guys on? Doesn't make any sense to me. But that's pretty much all I've got noted down for that game. Um, you know, Texas pulls something out of their rear end and, and gets a win down there in Stillwater, 41-34, the final in overtime. Next game we'll talk about here: West Virginia hosting Kansas State, 37 to 10, was the final out there in Morgantown, and this game was. It was, it was pretty much over before it started, and I know K-State kind of hung around here 
Um, and then it was kind of in the second quarter when, you, if you're a K-State fan watching, you really you it came you <laughs> you realized that this team was not going to win this game. You, you know, there was no way. Um, I, I, I think hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back at it, the ga- this game was over like right from the get go. You know, Howard throws an interception on the first drive for Kansas State after I think three throws. So it hindsight, this game was over immediately. Like there was no chance K State was going to compete in this one. They hung around in real time. I would say, you know, the second quarter was when it was like every even the most optimistic of K State fans realized this one was over. But you know, if you look back at it, watch the you know. The replay, the highlights, this game was pretty much over after that pick from Will Howard. So, K-State was never in the game. They really weren't. Uh, you know, when you don't have Deuce Vaughn hitting that home run ball, when you don't have your defense getting a pick six for you, when you don't have your punt return team or your, or your kick return team taking one to the house, okay, you're going to struggle. And I, I think the point that I made last week was was actually not too far off in me saying that Kansas State against Kansas, if they don't have those special teams plays in the first quarter, I don't think they win by that much. And, you know, I'll be fair and say that if the offense were to get the football, then they could have easily went down and scored, sure. But I think the proof is in the pudding in this game that, hey, they didn't get bailed out by Deuce Fawn or the special teams or the defense, and they got exposed. I mean, it's, it's straight up what happened here. Kansas State, week in and week out, you can't rely on on that big play. You just can't. You've got to go out and control the clock and play that, you know, Clerks Climb and even the Bill Snyder football because it's very similar, you know. You've got to go out and play that way and win the game that way. That's why I think there was so much so much skepticism coming into this game around the country. I know most K-State fans were pretty optimistic about this one, but Vegas, again, got this one right as well. And Vegas really did get this one right, okay? Vegas didn't get the Texas game right at all. They got lucky there. Texas, I mean, pardon me, Oklahoma State just played terrible, okay? So Vegas was wrong there, but Vegas got this one right. K-State was not the better team here. West Virginia, by a significant margin, was the better team here in pretty much all aspects of the game. Kansas State's defense has pretty much been their bright spot this season. They didn't, I mean, it was just dull and, you know, dark and boring. There was no energy. There was no camaraderie within that defense. You know, the tackling was weak. You know, I, I you can give West Virginia some credit for breaking those tackles and you know things of that nature, but overall it was just a weak performance overall by Kansas State. You know, like I mentioned, it was over before it started. I know in real time they hung around. The, you know, it was a three-three game at the end of the first quarter, but boy, West Virginia ran away with this one, um, and it really goes to show you how much this team can struggle when when Will Howard, you know, when the pressure is put on him, how much this team can struggle when you've got a true freshman under center in the Big 12 Conference. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, you know, be critical, be harsh of Will Howard. I know he's young. I get that. But at the same time, I, I think that after this loss, you've really got to start kicking it up a notch and making some of those adjustments to prepare yourself for Oklahoma State, like we'll talk about here on the second half of the show. Um, you know, he Will Howard threw two pick sixes. He essentially threw two of them. He, he threw one of them, and it was a screen pass, over towards the right side, I believe it was to Philip Brooks. Or it was one. You know, he threw it over, and this was the 
this is just not a pass you make, okay? Even if this pass wasn't intercepted for a pick six, it would have been a loss of yards. This is one that Will Howard needs to eat up. You've got to look for your second option down the field. You know, at the worst, you take a sack, you throw the ball out of bounds. You can't throw this ball over towards the right side like he did. It was an easy pick six, you know, absolutely read like a book by the Mountaineer defense there. I give them credit, but at the same time, this was not a smart play by Howard. And then the very next play that Howard's on offense, he should have thrown another pick six. This ball was, you know, missed by an inch by a Mountaineer defender. And then he gets, you know, so there's no pick six there, but essentially there was two pick sixes in my mind. There was one on paper, which was terrible, but Howard just didn't play well. He really didn't play well in this game. Again, I'm not trying to be critical of him, but I think the best way to describe it, I was talking to my roommate about, about this as well. You know, when Skylar Thompson was under center for Kansas State, I w- listen here to this and, and, and think about how confident you are in Will Howard, okay? When Skylar Thompson was playing quarterback for Kansas State, I was confident. You know, the ball goes in the air. I'm thinking, okay, who's going who's go- who's to go up and make a play? Is it Knowles? Is it Youngblood? Obviously not anymore, but, you know, let's go back to last year when things were normal, you know. Oh, somebody's going to make a play. You know, Dalton Schoen's going to go up and grab that catch. Someone's going to make a play. The, the ball's going to be on the money. You know, things are going to be okay. You go to this year now with Will Howard, my heart skips a few beats. I'm I'm being honest here. I, I had to hold my breath every time he throws the football. Please don't get picked off. Please don't get batted out, you know, at the line, you know. I can't be comfortable with Howard throwing it, okay? He had that one deep ball to Malik Knowles for a touchdown, which the, the lone touchdown on the day, I, I give K-State credit for that one, sure. But when he threw it, I'm like, oh, boy, is this going to be picked off? You know, what's going to happen here? Because we certainly saw our, you know, <laughs> our fair share of Will Howard turnovers in this game. So, again, I'm not trying to be critical of, of him. I, I, that's just how I feel. When he throws the ball, I get nervous. That's not how you should feel about your quarterback. And the only way he can you know, win that over with me is just gain that trust, okay? He made some steps forward in the TCU game, in the KU game. But it's like, you know, one step forward, two steps back here. Will Howard, um, I'm kind of back at square one with him. I want him to do good. I want him to succeed in this league. But at the same time, man, it's iffy. Like, I just my heart skips a few beats every time he throws one of those deep balls. Um, we've talked a lot about Kansas State in this game. I mean, West Virginia's 4-2. and two. I mean, don't look now, but the Mountaineers have a winning record at 3-2 and two in Big 12 play as well. They're probably one of the worst... Um, after five games of conference play, one of the worst three two teams we've seen in this league in a while. Okay, West Virginia's not that good. You know, you're talking wins over Baylor and and Kansas, who are the bottom two teams in the Big 12 at this point, which is very clear now. And then you've got a good win over Kansas State, but that was bound to happen. Everything was was bound to you know come back down to earth here essentially after. You know some 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 very fortunate games and plays for Kansas State um, in the past couple of weeks. So you know West Virginia is fine. I, I don't want to be too critical of them and say they're not good, but I, I don't think even though they are three and two, this is not a top half team yet. I, they've got potential. I've been you know Daggy played well, twenty two for thirty four. He threw for over three hundred yards. He's got two touchdowns you know through the air. So. They played fine, you know. But I just, I'm not convinced yet that this team really can go out and compete day in. Uh, you know, I guess it's, I should say week in and week out here in the Big Twelve. Um, th- but this, I, I think, this might kind of be the real case state that we were kind of anticipating. You know, we knew that this team wasn't going to be, you know, nine and zero at the end of league play. You know, it just it wasn't going to happen. But 
I, I don't think anyone anticipated it to be this ugly against West Virginia. But, uh, you know, a loss over the mountain to the Mountaineers is not the end of your season. Of course, it's how you bounce back next week against Oklahoma State. That will be, that'll be a fun one. Um, and I'm eager. I'm anxious to see how this team can. You know, this is really what matters as an athlete, how you respond to the adversity and really come back and attack the next day. Um, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to most um, with, with Kansas State. That's pretty much all that I've got noted down for, for, for this game. I mean, it was over from the start. Give West Virginia credit. I don't want to try to say that this was all on Kansas State because West Virginia played a good football game. But overall, I think K-State's needing they, – they need to do better um, in all aspects of the game. Yeah, if you can get that special teams touchdown or the defensive play, those are going to be huge against a team like Oklahoma State. Your offense needs to score more than 10 points. And like I mentioned on um, you know just a few minutes ago, the defense needs to bring – you know, just some more energy in life. There, I mean, I, if you were watching this game, it was you know there were some plays here like, wow, this team's the defense kind of just giving up on this game. So overall, K State's got to improve. Um, there's no question about that. After a loss like this, we'll see what happens. Of course, a huge game. We'll talk about it second half of the show uh, against Oklahoma State. But 37 to 10 was the final out there in Morgantown. Next game we'll get into here: TCU and Baylor. Um, last week on the show, I mentioned it. I, this one was kind of a toss-up game here. Um, I wasn't too confident in one team or the other, but what I was confident in was that this would be a, 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 a double-digit win for whoever does win the game. And I was totally right about TCU winning this game by 10 points. Um, if you watch this game, I, I hate to see, I hate, to, <laughs> I hate to keep saying if you watch this game dot dot dot, but you really, if you were seeing this one on TV. Um, it was not close at all. The score was 30 to zero, I think, at one point. It was 20 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. So this one again was pretty much over right from the get-go. Um, you know, TCU kind of bounced back after some tough losses, and then Baylor's really just kind of Baylor played well in the second half, and they played well in the second half last week against Texas as well. But you can't be, you know, you know, sleepwalking through the first 30 minutes of these games in the Big 12. You're not. <laughs> You're not going to win many games doing that, okay? You're just not. So I give TCU credit, but at the same time, Baylor has kind of etched themselves at the nine spot for me in the Big 12. KU's obviously down there alone at the bottom, but TCU picking up a win over a team who is not. You know, you've got you're coming off a year where you go to a New Year's Six Bowl and you play well and. I believe, you know, Georgia, they beat him, But still, you, this is not a terrible Baylor team. But at the same time, we're seeing the effects of Matt Rule not being there in Waco. Um, you know, just really not much else to say about this game. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, if you were watching, I watched bits and pieces of it. But, you know, we had the Texas-Oklahoma State game here going on um, simultaneously with this one. So I, I really would not keep in too much on it. But based, based off of what I saw, you know, you know TCU had the big touchdown um, return to the house um, to really, really propel them for the for a win. And I, I know we talk about that a lot here with Kansas State, but when you get that special teams play, man, it just changes the game. It's not just seven points and then you go back to football. No, it really, you know, momentum, all of that stuff changes when you get that big home run ball. Um, Jalen Rager, I was watching him last night on on Sunday Night Football, and probably the worst game I've ever seen in prime time, but but whatever. Rager had a touchdown for the Eagles. Good to see that for him. I had him on my fantasy team a few 
I guess pretty much I drafted him and then he got injured and I kind of let him go. But um, good to see him. You know, good to see him in the NFL. You know, for um, we we got to see for the 49ers, we got to see Jamichael Hasty. Um, so it's good to see these guys. It really is. Um, you know, performing at a high level in in the NFL. You got C.D. Lamb. You know, Devin Duvernay is making some plays for um, for the Ravens. You know, Lamb for the Cowboys. It's good to see. It really is. It, it's a good thing to see um, in year one for these players how much of an impact they're having. And I think COVID might have a little bit of a an impact here, but you give credit where credit's due. These guys are working hard. You know, Hasty was undrafted, and now he's making. I think he had a touchdown, I believe, for the Niners in that game against Seattle. So, you know, of course, it goes without saying. Tyler Lockett's had a heck of a season. Um, just good to see all around our league some players excelling at the next level. But as for this game, it was a ten-point victory, but it really wasn't close at all. Um, Baylor's got some major adjustments moving forward if they want to compete in the Big Twelve. As for TCU, man, this was this was the TCU that three weeks ago I was harping on and saying, yes, this team can go out and compete for the top half of the league. They suffer some bad losses, to say the least, right? But here they are. They're coming back. Um, and, and I think the next game for the Horned Frogs is really what will determine that. We'll talk about that later on, second half of the show. Um, but that's really all that I've got noted down here. I mean, these last three games, there was pretty much nothing exciting going on. Like I said, it was 30 to nothing here in the second quarter in that TCU-Baylor game. So that'll wrap up uh, pretty much that game for us. 33-23 the final down there in Waco as TCU beats up on Baylor. Next game, we've got Oklahoma and Texas Tech, 62-28. to I mean, this is another game where I, I don't know what to say. Easy win for Oklahoma. Um, I, Texas Tech actually went down the field, got the ball first, and scored a touchdown. So uh, they, m- tried <laughs> they tried to make it a little bit of a game, but I, I don't know how many turnovers Bowman had, uh, pardon me, uh, Columbia had for, for Texas Tech, but it was turnover, it was interception after interception after interception for the Texas Tech offense. And Oklahoma, they're going to win this game regardless of if those plays happen, but that definitely just took a lot more weight off of Spencer Sanders, pardon me, Spencer Rattler's shoulders. Um, I'm I'm really buying in on Oklahoma. Of course, we'll talk about the rankings on the second half of the show, but this is a team that is quickly rising after losses to, Oak, to, to Iowa State and K-State, pardon me, earlier in the season. So I like where this team is going. Um, the more you watch Rattler, the more that I realize that, hey, I understand why there was so much hype coming into this guy's name coming into the season. You know, he's proving it um, now for a few weeks straight now that he can make these big-time plays. And he, he makes it look easy, okay? Mahomes, I hate to keep comparing it to Mahomes, but he's making some Mahomesy, you know, plays out there um, in between the white lines white lines for, for the Sooners. So, uh, you know, other than that, though, you know— I, Oklahoma probably didn't put up 62 points without the interceptions. Maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. Um, but overall, you know, Rattler played well. I, I'm going to continue to buy into this team moving forward. I, they play KU in Norman. <laughs> so next weekend's game should be an absolute blowout. But um, I, I'm going to look for this team to continue to rise. And they are on the rise. Okay, the, the Big 12 is now wide open. And after you see Oklahoma losing to Iowa State, and K-State, you're thinking there is no way that they're going to have a chance at the Big 12 title game. Well, look at Iowa State, K-State, and Oklahoma State. They've all got one loss. I know, I, I totally get that as far as the tiebreakers go, Oklahoma's not in the best position. You lose to Iowa State and K-State, who are right there at the top. 
But at the same time, you've got Oklahoma State still coming up on your schedule. You would have a tiebreaker at least over the Cowboys. You, you know, Iowa State lost to Oklahoma State, so the Cowboys have that over the you know the Cyclones. And, you, you know, things are going to get crazy here in the last month or so of the season. Um, should be a ton of fun to follow. I'm I, Seriously, this game was, what, I don't know, 50-0, to zero, I, I guess Texas Tech scored um, a few touchdowns in the first half. But Oklahoma State, uh, pardon me, Oklahoma was just running away with this game, and it was kind of crazy um, because midway through the first, you know, it looked like it was going to be a pretty close game and a competitive game with that. But the turnovers, like I mentioned, were just too costly for the Red Raiders. 62-28 to 28 is the final down there in Lubbock. Last game we've got to recap from this last weekend in the Big 12. Kansas and Iowa State, um, not much to say here. Iowa State wins it by 30. But this is also another game here where I don't know if the final score necessarily um, gives you a a full story about what happened in this game. Um, Kansas hung around. I give Kansas some credit in this game. They had another special teams touchdown. Um, They did it without Puka, you know, so there's some um, some optimism, you know, so to speak, for Kansas. But they, they hung around, and I, I like what Daniels is doing at quarterback for Kansas. Um, they were playing a lot of youngsters, a lot of true freshmen, a redshirt freshman. This COVID season, I think, is a big reason for that. But also, when you're owing, you know, 15, and, and you know, I guess they're what 0 and 6 on the season, right? You know, you you're just going to go out and ride whoever you can. But it's good to see the youngsters going in there and making plays. I think the future is is not necessarily bright for KU football. Um, you know, even talking four years from now or four days from now. But I think this game was a step in the right in the right direction. I'm not saying they're going to go out and beat Oklahoma. I'm not saying they're even going to win a game at all this season. Even though I, I do think they'll come out with at least one win, maybe over a team like Tech. Okay. A team like Baylor, I guess they already lost to Baylor, but you know, I think that they've got a chance. Okay, moving forward in the season, but you you look at this game against Iowa State. Okay, there was some positives for the Jayhawks, the Cyclones. I'm a little bit concerned here because this game, like I said, was a 30 point win, but it was only a 16 point game with you know late in the fourth quarter. Iowa State had two garbage time touchdowns um, to give them a victory. But I'm I'm going to be a little concerned if I'm an Iowa State fan. I still think that's the number two team in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, it wasn't an, an 11 a.m. kickoff on the road. You know, things can happen, things of that nature. But overall, I mean, don't get it twisted. Iowa State won the game, but it wasn't just a blowout like we're used to seeing with Kansas. I give KU credit. They hung around. They stuck in there. Um, you know, Les Miles went for it on fourth down. You know, numerous times, which I respect. I mean, you've. <laughs> If you want to go out and win these games, you just got to go out and roll the dice. So I like the ambition. I like the riskiness that that, that Miles is putting out, out there on the field, um, especially with those young players. But they failed to get the win, 52-22, to 22, the final um, right there down I-70 in Lawrence, Kansas. That's pretty much it here for the first half of the show. Um, like I said, you've got Texas, West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and TCU, the winners this week in the Big 12. Pretty interesting here. The only home team to win – was West Virginia. You know, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Texas Tech, and Baylor all losing at home on Saturday on Halloween. Some spooky, you know, it's, you know, I think it's going to be, it's to be expected from Kansas and Texas Tech and Baylor. It really is. But I think Kansas State and Oklahoma State, um, you know, I guess Kansas State could have won that game, but Oklahoma State to lose that game at home um, in Stillwater was pretty surprising. And I, it's it's awesome to have fans back. Um 
you know, in sports. I know not every stadium, not every league is on the same page with this and that. But, you know, that crowd, I believe, in Stillwater was making a little bit of a difference. I know they were probably pumping in some of that fake audio, whether that be in the stadium or through the broadcast. I don't know really how that works. But, you know, it was pretty loud there. And, and Oklahoma State's got a good home court advantage, a home field advantage, I should say. But, you know, it was good to have kind of that energy back, and that's just another reason why I'm so surprised that, that Texas won this game. And I, I know I, I tweeted this out. I said this game was, you know, a million percent rigged, and you, you can't change my mind. Um, I really don't see how Texas won this game. I really don't. Um, it, it's, it's, it's Seriously, it's almost like, you know, someone, some higher power, the NCAA, the Big 12, said, hey, Spencer Sanders, go in, fumble the football. Hey, I forget the, the dude's name that, you know, roughed the kicker. Hey, go rough the kicker, give him a first down. You know, like I, I, I truly believe. I mean, if you watch the Oklahoma game as well, there were a few questionable calls in there. I'm not saying that this game would have even been remotely close, but I'm just, you know, Texas and Oklahoma. It doesn't. It does not take a brainiac to realize and understand that if there is a, cro- a close call, not not even a close call. Let's take a step back here. It, it's simple common sense here. If you're the Big Twelve, who do you want playing? in your championship game in December. Who do you want? Do you want K-State and Iowa State, or do you want Oklahoma and Texas? It's as simple as that. You, you know, if, 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 it's, if, if it's a close play, you're going to give that penalty to Texas, to Oklahoma, because it's about all about the name on the front of the jersey, which is super frustrating to, you know, see as one of these smaller schools. Um, you know, I'm pretty much all of them, other than Texas and Oklahoma, can kind of feel this pain. Um it, within the football world, I know Kansas can't say the same for basketball, but you know it's it's, it's overall it's just it's frustrating to see. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not saying this game was rigged. I'm just saying that I, I think there were a few questionable calls in those Oklahoma and Texas games that might have went their way. So that's all I'll say about that. Um, like I said, you've got Texas, West Virginia, Iowa State, Oklahoma, TCU. They are the winners from Halloween in the Big 12. Second half of the show, we'll talk about some of our power rankings as well as previews, getting into some of the Vegas lines as we head into next Saturday's action of Big 12 football. But before we do, we'll take a quick break here on the 10 of 12 podcast. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Second half of the show coming your way, we'll be talking about um, the upcoming games that we've got on Saturday as well as some power rankings in the Big 12 Conference. Let's get right into those rankings. Um, Like I alluded to earlier, Oklahoma State, number one in the league. I don't think there's any question about the the Cowboys being there where they are. Even after a loss to Texas, this is still the best team in the league. Um, You've got a really good quarterback, a really good running back, a really good wide receiver. You've got probably, I don't want to say the best defense in the Big 12, but you look around the league, who is up there... um, in comparison with Oklahoma State, I really, I, as far as defense goes, I mean, K-State's got a good defensive squad. West Virginia's isn't bad either. But Oklahoma State, from top to bottom, this team, um, if they can, man, just some of those simple mistakes that they had, um, they also had against Iowa State as well. You you fix those out. You level out these, these, these miscues that you have, the fumbles, the interceptions, you know, Oklahoma State's going to be a good football team moving forward. There's no doubt in my mind that this is the best team in our conference. You know, I know you can maybe say they've had a little bit of an easy schedule. Sure, I get that, but still, they should be. Um, they should be five and zero. They should be four and zero in the Big Twelve right now. 
Um, you've got a big game, like I said, coming up at K-State. We'll talk about that one in just a moment, but Oklahoma State is up there at number one. Number two, I still do like Iowa State, like I alluded to earlier on the show. Um, even though it looked a little little iffy against Kansas, like I mentioned, it's still, you know, I don't know how you can say they're not number two. Their only loss in the conference is at Oklahoma State, who, like I said, is the best team in this league. Um, you've got Kansas, who's, you, pardon me, you've got Kansas State, who's played Kansas and West Virginia. You've got Iowa State, who has played um, Kansas and Oklahoma State, following the, the three of them have played um, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, as well as TCU, right? So those first three games for them are the, the identical games, right? So those there's no sort of scheduling thing that you can make an argument for. Okay, but after those three games that were even, you've got Kansas State who loses to West Virginia and beats Kansas. You've got Iowa State who also beats Kansas but loses to Oklahoma State, right? And when it comes down to it, Oklahoma State's the better team than West Virginia. So I, West, Iowa State kind of gets the one up there on Kansas State um, in that regard. But I don't even know why I'm talking about Kansas State here because I've actually got a new team up there at number three, and that's Oklahoma. So two is Iowa State, three is Oklahoma, and then four is Kansas State. So I kind of made my argument there for Iowa State. Um, it's hard to put Oklahoma up there above Iowa State, but then I put them above Kansas State. So sure, you can be angry at me for this one, but if you've watched the way Oklahoma State, pardon me, the, the, the way Oklahoma has played, pardon me, over the last couple of weeks, it is very hard to deny that they're doing something special down there in Norman. Okay, Rattler's finally settling into his role as that freshman quarterback. You know, Lincoln Riley is is, is settling into his role. Everyone's, it's all coming together here for Oklahoma. Um, so I like them at number three. I think it goes Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and then you've got Kansas State here down there at number four. And I know I, I touched a lot on this um, in in the first half of the show talking about the recap game against West Virginia, but we saw that this team has some weaknesses, and it goes without saying that if you don't get that home run ball, you're not going to win many games in the Big 12 if, if, if they perform the way they did. Excuse me. Against West Virginia, you're not going to. Okay, if you perform the way you did against Oklahoma, sure. But I don't know if you can really rely on that. You know, this Oklahoma game came out of nowhere. Not even the craziest of crazy. You know, can't no nobody, no K State fan expected that game to go the way it did. So I give K State credit, of course, but at the end of the day. This team doesn't have their starting quarterback. Okay, you can make all your arguments that you want to for Will Howard moving forward, but you've got a really good quarterback in Spencer Sanders who's still getting a little bit more healthy week by week, who's trying to make those you know miscues, um, I guess play mistake free. Um, you've got Brock Purdy. You know Brock Tober is officially over, so maybe you know maybe Iowa State falls down here in the standings moving forward. But you got Spencer Rattler, probably the most talented quarterback in the Big 12. And then you've got Will Howard, who's just a true freshman. Again, I don't mean to be critical of him, but I think those other three quarterbacks are just better. They're better leaders at this point in their career. That's not to say Howard won't be a good leader later on, but as of now, I think he's just going up against too much there um, with those three teams ahead of him. I know that Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. I totally get that. But you can't just sit here and point your finger and say this team's better than that team because they beat them. That's not always the case. Okay, like I talked about with Texas and Oklahoma State, Texas is not better than Oklahoma State. Go back to 
the Super Bowl in what was that? You know, when when the when the Patriots were sixteen and zero, and they get upset in the Super Bowl by the Giants. Okay, we we all know the Patriots are the better team in that you know, that season, that game, right? So obviously, it's frustrating to see Kansas State dip down here, but this game on Saturday told us a lot about this team's weaknesses on all three phases of the football. And I don't, I don't even want to say that special teams um, played weak for Kansas State because they really didn't. Like, there was a, a kickoff that went over to, like, I think midfield, at least their own 40-yard line. So, you know, they busted open the play. They didn't play terrible. It's just the fact that when they don't have that big, booming, you know, that that, that feast play, um, you, you know, then your offense kind of has more pressure on them to do – to do those those things, and they they can't really do it. Same thing goes. It's it's just kind of a snowball effect. When one thing doesn't get going, it kind of just halts everything. The offense can't get going. The defense has too much pressure as well. Everyone's got it's just too much of an issue for Kansas State. So right now they're sliding back to number four after being number two for a few weeks here in the Big Twelve. Number five. This is like I've been mentioning here the past couple of shows. This is the best of the worst and maybe the worst of the best um, if you're looking at the Big 12 and this is Texas um, you get that lucky win over Oklahoma State you get your lucky win you know of course over um, Texas Tech on the road you know you lose it's just this team's not that good Tom Herman's time in the Big 12 sooner or later will come to a close it's it's seriously only a matter of time at this point okay it really is um, and I you know if you want to read kind of the article that I posted, it's on 24-7 Sports. It's on Go Power Cat. Um, and, and my quick, you know, summary of, of Texas is the Longhorns will need to make, you know, some major adjustments if they want to smell another victory. And I know that if you didn't watch this game, you're going to be thinking, what? They just beat Oklahoma State. Like I mentioned, dude, you can't bank on it being 6 to nothing essentially, in the turnover margin, okay? You can't rely on on 287 yards offensively. You're not going to win any games in the Big 12 if that's all you can do, okay? Sam Ellinger, I don't even think I mentioned his name once. He's pretty dang overrated. It Look at his offense, man. He did nothing on Saturday. So it's really frustrating to see this game, this, this team win this game. Um, but that's why I said that, and I was hoping there would you know, be some sort of conversation about it. It hasn't happened yet. Um but seriously, they're not going to win another game if they play the way they did. Okay, you can't rely on six turnovers, essentially, from your opponent. You just can't. So right now, the number five, um, and honestly, I wish I could put them lower, but they're three and two as well, so it's kind of hard to do that. But, you know, they're, they're sitting there, kind of lukewarm. Um, I'm not going to say they can't make those adjustments. They might be able to do it, sure. But as of right now, it's not going to happen. Texas is very overrated. It's laughable that this team... Um, would even be anyone would think about putting them in, inside of their top 25. Um, you know, they have, a, I mean, they still get to play Kansas State, Iowa State. So, I mean, they you know, looking at the schedule and how things line up, the numbers and the math, I'm, I'm not an expert in, you know, mathematics or, st- you know, statistics, but here, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, Texas has a chance this season to really go to the Big 12, you know, title game. I don't think they're going to do it because I think Texas sucks after what we saw on Saturday, and I know I'm being really harsh on this team, but if they can you know, string together some wins, this team has a chance to do something. They've got these winnable games up in front of them. I'm not going to say they're. I'm not saying they're going to win them because I believe they will lose them. So I agree. I'm not saying they're going to go out and and run the table. But if you look at the schedule, they've got a lot of games. You know, especially the K State game and the Iowa State game. 
if you can win those games, you already beat Oklahoma State, okay? Coming into this week, you know, you can call me crazy for saying it, sure. But now that they've beat Oklahoma State, if they can get fortunate in a few games, um, they've got a chance to go up there atop the league. So that's kind of why I have them lukewarm here at number five. I'm not saying they're going to win these games at all because I, <laughs> like I've said, I've been very critical of this team. But I'm still going to give them a chance moving forward. They've got West Virginia, another winnable home game, um, an 11 a.m. kickoff for um, the Mountaineers on the road. That could be tough. So, I mean, I think Texas can win this game. I will talk about it here in just a moment. But I like them at number five. They're, you know, like I mentioned, best of the worst, worst of the best, whatever, you know, what have you. So that's where I've got the Longhorns. Um, You know, just to be clear, I'm not saying they're going to go out and win these games, but they've at least got, I mean, they basically control their own destiny. If you beat K-State and you beat, you know, Iowa State, you'll be in, and and of course you win the rest of your games as well, you'll be in, in in Dallas in the summertime. So we'll see what happens with Texas. I'm, I don't think it'll happen, but we'll keep an eye on that team. uh, uh, TCU is number six, pardon me. Um, You know, again, maybe the worst of the best or maybe the absolute best of the worst. Um, you know, even though it's just one game, you know, TCU did show a lot of positives against Baylor. They did. The offense was back. The defense was, you know, in the first half especially, um, you know, held them in check for a majority of that game. I know they're 2-3, and three, but still this team is looking good. Not much to say really about TCU. I think you can make an argument for them being up there at number 5. I think you could say they could be, you know, down there at number 7, but I think 5-6-7, that range here for TCU – um, is about where they belong. But I, I think the farther down into the standings you can get, the, the more arguments you can reach back and, and throw at someone and say, hey, this team's better than that team, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, I think TCU is, 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 is staying put there at number six, unchanged from last week. I think West Virginia is at number seven. Um, even after a win, even though they're three and two, they beat the league's best team at the time. You know, I'm not seeing it. I, I just, like I mentioned, I know I, I kind of am, am reiterating some of the points I made earlier. The Mountaineers deserve credit for a big win, but they don't look like a winning record team right now. So uh, for now, they're number seven. Um, not much is really changing with my opinion of West Virginia. Even though they win this game, um, I think they caught K-State at the right time. You know, K-State, like I said, was bound to come back down to earth. And it happened on Saturday, so the West Virginia Mountaineers are staying there at number seven. Fortunate to pick up a win. I, I wouldn't say fortunate to pick up a win, but I'd say fortunate the way that that K State played, you know, against them. K State's not going to beat anyone if they play the way they played on Saturday. Doesn't matter if it's West Virginia, you know. You know, that, that's the point I'm trying to make there. That West Virginia caught K State on a bad day. Um, Texas Tech. Um, actually jumps Baylor a spot. They're up there at number eight, even though they lose that game to Oklahoma. Um, they made some dumb mistakes. And this one is not necessarily a ton about Texas Tech jumping Baylor. It's the fact that Baylor played so bad to drop themselves down to number nine. You know, Baylor's pretty much the second worst team in the Big 12. It's pretty obvious at this point. You know, Texas Tech should have beat Texas, right? They've we're within striking distance of Kansas State. They've been close with some of these games. You know, of course, they do pick up that win um, the weekend before over West Virginia. You know, a frustrating loss there for, for the Mountaineers as, as Deggy, um, you know, his brother Seth Deggy was playing at Texas Tech, so he wanted to play there, couldn't get it, and I'm sure he would have wanted to win that game. But, you know, long story straight over Texas Tech, they're a good team. Um, I, I wouldn't say they're a good team. I would say they're 
they're rising to the middle of the pack here in the Big 12. They started off slow in the Big 12, um, but I'm still going to give them the benefit, of the benefit of the doubt, excuse me, and put them at number eight. Number nine, I like Baylor here. Uh, you know, second worst team in the league. Things go you know from bad to worse for the Bears. Not much to say about them. And then Kansas down there, nothing new to report there at number 10. They're going to be there for quite some time, even if they win a game. I still think that that is the last place team in the Big 12. Maybe you know, maybe Baylor continues to get blown out in these games, and maybe they can flip-flop. We'll see what happens. But you've got to win a game first and foremost if you're Kansas, if you want to move uh, out there at all. Um, let's go ahead and turn the page here to next Saturday. Um, we've got one game kicking off at 11 a.m. That's West Virginia and Texas. That one's on ABC. You've got two 2.30 games. You've got KU in, in Oklahoma down there in Norman on ESPN2. And then you've got Texas Tech and TCU on FS1. And then you've got a game at 3, Kansas State hosting Oklahoma State on Fox. And then you've got Baylor traveling up there to Ames, Iowa, 6 o'clock on FS1. So we'll go down the line here. Um, chronologically, I know that K-State, Oklahoma State's probably the game of the week in the Big 12, but we'll talk about that one in just a sec. But West Virginia, currently um, six-and-a-half-point underdogs against Texas. And this one is, if I'm a betting man, I'm probably going to stay away from because of how critical I've been of Texas, but also how critical I've been of West Virginia as well. So, you know, one of the, you know, the tale that's as old as time is don't bet on two bad teams. And in my opinion, these are two bad teams. (laughs) I know they're both three and two. Somehow, some way, um, you know, in the Big 12 conference, somehow they have winning records. But I'm, it's just, you know, you've got to, I, I, you know, if, if West Virginia plays the way they did on Saturday, again, they replicate, replicate that performance and maybe actually, you know, force a few turnovers instead of just having those turnovers kind of fall into their lap. You know, if they can make some of those plays, I think West Virginia can go out here and win this football game, right? But also, um, and, and, and even if Texas plays the way they played on Saturday, West Virginia wins because Texas didn't play good at all, right? We, I, <laughs> I think I've made that clear enough, right? But at the same time, West Virginia has not impressed me a ton this year. Texas has shown some offensive signs, even though they didn't show any at all on Saturday. They've shown a little bit to say that they can make this you know, a win for Texas. So it could go either way. I really, I mean, maybe because Texas is the home team, but it's still about a touchdown spread. So it's a tough one, but I think Texas will win it just because West Virginia is kind of that bad. Um, it's, again, laughable that Texas is ranked 22 right now, but I still think they're going to pick up a win over West Virginia. Maybe um, the Mountaineers come out emotionally drunk, maybe a little too amped up after that win over Kansas State. I think Texas can give them a little humbling experience down there in Austin. I'm going to ride with the Longhorns to cover that spread and pick up the win as well. 2.30 uh, Central Time, you've got Kansas and Oklahoma. Uh, Currently a 38-point spread, man. 38 points, man. Uh, You know, you're playing with fire if you're betting on this game. It could it could go either way, um, and I say that just simply because of the garbage time potential, and that of course happened with Kansas playing West Virginia a few weeks ago, where they covered off a Puka touchdown late in the game. Um, same thing could happen here. West, pardon me, Oklahoma is not going to lose this game. Okay, they're not, but there's still a chance that it could be a 38 point game. Um, you know, go back to last weekend, 62. To 28 was the score in Lubbock, so that's what a 34-point 
um, spread, if my math is correct there. So, you know, I I could see it going either way here. I really would – It's it, this is another game here where I don't have a definitive answer because Texas um, – you know, Texas Tech hung around, you know, for the first seven minutes of that game but then just got blown out. So, uh, you know, KU is not going to win this game, but there's a chance they could cover. Um, I, I think Kansas either loses this game by 50 – or they lose it by you know 35 or less. I think it's going to be an absolute blowout or a one where they kind of just eh, hang around because Oklahoma's probably not going to be too motivated for this game. Okay, they're just not. Um, you know, it's Kansas. How can you even get amped up about this one? But I think Rattler and the Sooners, if I was forced to pick one here, I think they get it done. I, I, I do and cover the spread, but I'm not too confident in this one either just because it's such a large number. You never know. Um, you know, if Kansas can control the clock and, you know, have five-minute drives, which I'm not saying they're going to do at all, but if they can, if they can, can, you know, get some run game, you know, get the run game established, and sure, I think they can cover, but I, I think Oklahoma eventually runs away with this one. Again, I'm not confident in that one as well, but 38 points is just a ton. We'll see what happens here on Saturday. 2.30 on ESPN2. Also at 2.30, you've got Texas Tech traveling to TCU. On FS1, uh, I, I like Texas Tech actually to cover the spread here. It's nine and a half points, um, which I think is just kind of a hair too high for uh, for TCU. I, you know, like I said, I was pretty high on them a few weeks ago. They lose some games, but they pick up a good win against Baylor. But Baylor's not that good of a team, so I think Texas Tech and, and TCU are both two teams that are on the come up. And I know this is a home game for TCU, which doesn't necessarily help Texas Tech, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here, and I'm riding with Texas Tech to cover a nine and a half point spread. Of course, I, I I record these on the Monday afternoon, so of course these are subject to change. But I think Texas Tech gets it done and covers. I don't know if Texas Tech wins this game, but I think it'll be a little bit more competitive than Vegas is thinking at the moment. Um, Texas Tech, if Columbia, if he can calm down, not throw those interceptions, this can be a close game, and I might throw a little bit on the money line here if I'm betting on it. But nonetheless, I think Texas Tech can keep it within a touchdown and cover that spread down there in Fort Worth. Um, so uh, 2.30 on FS1, Texas Tech and TCU. Next game is Oklahoma State at Kansas State, 3 o'clock on Fox. Oklahoma State is covered, um, pardon me, favored by 12.5 points, and I love Oklahoma State in this game. Um, this might come as a shock to some of you. It might not come as a shock at all. Um, pretty much like I said here, this is all kind of wrapping it all together. I've been very critical of Kansas State. I've been very high on Oklahoma State, and I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game by three or four touchdowns. Um, you know, they've played a few sloppy games in a row. You go back to last weekend against Iowa State, and then you've got this game against Texas Tech where Oklahoma State just gave away gifts, you know, gifts to the defense, right? I don't see them doing that here against Kansas State on Saturday. That offense, that defense, seriously, everything for Oklahoma State, in, in my mind, I mean, even though Kansas State's got a strong defense, if they play the way they played Saturday, there's no way they're going to compete in this game. They're just not, okay? I think the okay State's offense can you know, try to control the clock, do what they can, but Oklahoma State's just the better team here. I, as, as much as I hate to say it, I think, I think Oklahoma State covers this one um, by 12.5 points. I would, I would be comfortable with that pick. I really would be. Um, I, I'm sorry, Kansas State fans here listening. But the Cowboys are just going to be too angry after those loss, after that loss to Texas, and of course the game 
before that to Iowa State, where it was also kind of sloppy. Um, I, I, of course, Kansas State's going to be hungry too. Okay, I'm not going to say that they're just not going to try in this game because you know the winner of this game has a pretty good chance, a pretty good chance. Not a, not a, it's not given or anything, but a pretty good chance to go to the Big 12 title game. So I'm not saying K State's going to do it, but it, it, it's going to be a, a pretty pretty fun atmosphere um, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. But I think Oklahoma gets it done pretty comfortably um, out there at the Bill. So last game we've got is Baylor and Iowa State, 6 o'clock on FS1. Um, currently a 14-point spread. I like Iowa State to cover that one hands down. I mean, that's pretty much my pick of the week, if we're being honest here. Um, the Cyclones are um, coming off of a eh game against Kansas, like I said. But uh, Baylor's coming off of you know a couple terrible games here. In the Big 12, I don't see the Bears competing in this game at all. I think Iowa State wins this game by four or five touchdowns, if we're being 100% honest with you. Um, Iowa State and Oklahoma State are my two confident ones um, that I've got for this coming weekend up here in the Big 12. So it should be a lot of fun here. Um, That pretty much wraps it up here on the show. Uh, I I appreciate you spending part of your day listening to us. Follow us on Twitter at 10of12podcast. I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, a fun weekend last weekend of the Big 12 should be the same thing. We've got five games again here on Saturday. Um, and be on, be on the lookout for next week's show where we, of course, digest what we uh, we got on that Saturday. And then we'll preview um, even down the line here um, to, to, to two Saturdays from now, essentially. Um, so, so a lot of fun stuff here on the show, a lot of fun stuff here on the podcast. I appreciate you listening here every time. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm Ryan Gilbert. Thank you so much for spending part of your day listening to this episode of the 10 of 12 podcast. <laughs>